Welcome to the Building to Scale podcast, where we bring real entrepreneur stories that showcase the challenges and successes in building and scaling an entrepreneurial business. Our host, Jeff Chastain, is a business transformation coach with Admentis, where he coaches business leaders and their teams with a proven set of principles and tools helping them gain clarity in and get more of what they want from their business. Make sure to stick around until the end of the show and we will reveal how you can become our next guest. Hey guys, Jeff Chastain here with the Building to Scale podcast again. And today, a little bit differently here. We've actually crossed episode 40 last week. Uh, got guests lined up here through episode 50, but based upon some feedback, we're actually looking to change things up a little bit, incorporate some new content, some new ideas here while still retaining our, our guest interviews. And actually, speaking of which, got a really good one coming up this later on this week here. Another venture into the, the craft beverage industry here. A lot of, actually, a lot of information there that I didn't even know know about the industry. So a really fun interview here coming up a bit later this week. So make sure you keep track of that one. But today I actually wanted to do something a little bit different and talk about the idea of systems here that we've had really guests, several different guests on the, the podcast before, if you've heard them before, talking about uh, various different systems they've used in their business for EOS, for scaling up, for uh, other concepts from different industry gurus, kind of a thing there. But what we really never talk about is, okay, what really is a system or what makes a system and why it should even matter to a business owner or to somebody like you yourself there. And what I like doing when I'm talking about systems to people is back it up at a higher level and really say that, okay, for the founders in the room, and again, I've, I've told my story here before, but one of the business ventures I was involved with uh, almost a little over 10 years ago now was looking to go start a technology firm, uh, IT MSP services firm with my brother-in-law. And we both had long histories in the technology industry. He knew uh, computers, software, networks, even cloud services at that point were still fairly new. But, and I had been doing, I, I grew up programming kind of a thing as a kid had been doing consulting work for seven, eight years at that point. So that style model, that style business, was like we, we had all the expertise there, should not have been any kind of issue getting it started. But when we made, when we started that business, when we launched that business, there was a fundamental decision that was made early on as to, that would really shape the, the trajectory of that business. And I like looking at it as, as choices E or choice F, door E, door F kind of a thing there, that really there's two different choices you can go down when you're first launching, when you're first starting your business there. Choice E is really the entrepreneurial kind of business model. So it's the IT services firm, it's the, the construction firm, it's the accounting firm, the, uh, the legal practice, things like that, that you're effectively building your own business at that point. Whereas on the flip side, you've got choice F. So this is the franchise business model. So think again, McDonald's, uh, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks kind of stuff are the easy names, but honestly, there's franchise opportunities in virtually every industry out there today. And if you look at the statistics, and many of us have probably seen them, if not even lived them kind of a thing there, the entrepreneurial business model is less than a 10% success rate over five to seven years at that point. The franchise business model on the other side is a 90 plus percentile success rate. And if you think about it, you've got, um, for, for that matter, even put, uh, take a, a given street intersection, put a McDonald's on one corner, put Joe's Burger House on the other corner. Exact same market, so it's, it's the same street intersection here, the same cars driving by, the same people driving by. They've got the same 
uh, type of food, same burgers and fries, kind of a something like that. But looking at that, you can almost certainly guarantee the McDonald's is going to be the last one standing. So obviously in the, in the, the challenges uh, my brother-in-law went through with our IT services firm and the challenges I see other business leaders go through, the question really came out as to why. Why does one burger joint survive, one doesn't here? So let me paint you kind of a, a picture of a story here and kind of visualize this. So you and your family, you're the, the adventuresome type, like to go out and try new restaurants. So you go check out Joe's Burger House here shortly after it opens and you walk in, the atmosphere's fun, lively, just an interesting place to be. The hostess there greets you, uh, takes you to your table, hands you a set of menus and walks you through today's craft burger specials that they've got. The, the waiter comes out quickly there, gets your order, gets everything taken care of. Your food comes out shortly thereafter. Everything's exactly like you ordered. Everything tastes great. If you're the, the social media type, you're sitting there taking pictures of it and posting it online. So overall, just a really great experience, great restaurant. Happy to tell your friends about it kind of a thing. For that matter, happy to come back again. But when you come back the second time, Maybe the, the hostess was just having a bad day or whatever at that point, but quickly takes you to your table, tosses some menus on the table, and walks away. When the waiter comes over, maybe it takes a little bit longer for the waiter to get to you this time, but again, great food, except this time you ordered rings and got fries now instead. So nothing really out of the ordinary, just not quite the same experience here. And again, just not quite as, as special as it might have been the first time. And once this happens, trip three, trip four, kind of a thing there, before you know it, Joe's Burger House kind of falls off the list of go-to restaurants. Now, if you flip the script here and go look at the McDonald's, so probably when you think about McDonald's, high-end dining, craft burgers, fancy atmosphere is probably not what you think of when it comes to words that describe it. You think more of speed, of consistency, of honestly, the, the kids enjoy it. It's, it's a, 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 they cater to the kids right there. But the deal is with that McDonald's, no matter whether you go for lunch or go for dinner, whether you go to this location or another location you happen to pass on the highway on a trip or whatever, the reality is the same Big Mac, the same hamburger, the same fries, they'll always be the same there. You're, you're, it's a given level of service expectation. Their whole model is built around getting you in the door, out the door, or through the drive-through as fast as possible with a certain set level of service, certain set expectation right there. And that's the way their, their business is designed. So if you look at it, take it a step further and say, okay, you're gonna go start your own McDonald's franchise here. First off, you have to go drop your million dollar entry fee to get into it, but that aside, the first thing they do is send you to Hamburger University. And if you're not familiar with it, the point of Hamburger University is not to teach you how to flip a hamburger. That's, that's what a 15 year old kid does for minimum wage there. The idea of Hamburger University is to teach you the McDonald's way of running a franchise, of running a business, and it goes to the point of complete top to bottom system of saying, okay, this is the, the layout of the restaurant. This is the, the marketing. This is the food. This is the recipes. This is the equipment you need. This is the personnel you need. This is exactly the job roles you need. Literally everything you need to know 
top to bottom for how to run this McDonald's ranch, our franchise. And the reality is, if you can follow that playbook, you're pretty well guaranteed success. But going back to the IT services firm in my case, or your construction firm, your law firm, your, your marketing firm, whatever the case may be, how many of you, when you said, hey, I'm going to go start my, my new accounting firm here, got handed this blueprint to say, okay, here's the exact blueprint for how you run an effective and efficient, a productive, a profitable accounting firm from A to Z. And the reality is it just simply doesn't exist out there. And it goes to the point, even they say from statistics standpoint, the franchise business model, when you go open your McDonald's there, automatically takes a seven-year jump into the future from a business standpoint versus the entrepreneurial business model. Because of this system, because of this playbook that they've got, they automatically have a seven-year jump into the future from a success standpoint that they don't have to go reinvent all this stuff. That as entrepreneurial business leaders, we're having to figure out, okay, why is why do we keep hiring salespeople here and they keep washing out? Why, what's going on? Are we just hiring bad people? Or are we not hiring the right people? When in reality, it's probably due to what's our, our system, our way of doing business. So looking at this, the question obviously turns into, okay, how do we build our playbook? How do we build our system here to go run our business to scale it? It's, it was uh, We actually had a guest here on, on the lawyer side, lawyer side. It was Brett Trembley here uh, a couple months back that talked about the difference in the hot dog cart versus the restaurant in running his law firm. And the hot dog cart is one, honestly, I see a lot of businesses still working with, whether it's the, the early stage boutique, even up into larger companies. But the mentality or the idea behind the hot dog cart is simply that there's key personnel, there's whether it's you, whether it's even your team kind of a thing, key personnel that, okay, everything has to go through some, so one certain person or a small team right there to say, okay, this is the only person that knows our customer onboarding process here. And if that person were to go on vacation or that person were to leave the company, we'd be in a whole herd of trouble because we can't replicate what's in their head. I remember going back to my corporate days many, many, many years back that you get hired on as a new employee and they simply say, well, go go shadow uh, John over there for the next two or three months, learn what he's doing, get him to teach you what he's doing, and that'll be your new job. But as the entrepreneur, the smaller business, we don't have the, the resources, we don't have the luxury of just saying hire on somebody and yeah, you're not profitable, you're not contributing for the next three months here. We need you to hit the ground running and be be useful, honestly, be, be efficient, be productive here tomorrow kind of a thing, if not even yesterday. So again, going back to this question, what, how do we take this, this McDonald's, this idea of the McDonald's system and apply it inside of our business? And one caution I want to throw out there before we dive into that is with the McDonald's system, you wouldn't expect to take the McDonald's system and go apply it to an accounting firm and have any kind of a success. I mean, this system is designed around how to run a fast food hamburger restaurant. It's not designed even for that matter to go run a, an accounting firm or a, even another uh, restaurant necessarily, a Starbucks. You wouldn't go put McDonald's system on top of a Starbucks. It wouldn't necessarily work there. So what I'm trying to say here is on one hand, don't go out and reinvent the wheel because there's a lot of gurus, there's a lot of resources, a lot of tools out there, but at the same time, be careful going down the path of, okay, I'm going to be 
put my business into this box of a system because every business is unique. So my approach has always been, okay, build your system, utilize the tools that are out there, but build your system. Don't fit your business to another system. And from that standpoint, there's really four key areas that I look at to say, okay, what, what should a system address? What's, what's the main areas that a system should address? Um, the first side I look at is, is the people side. It's, it's always interesting talking with business owners. They've got all kinds of fires, all kinds of issues going on, but the reality is most of those fires are simply symptoms. And once you start digging down and finding real issues, there's a people component of just about every single one of them. So people is simply saying, okay, do we have the right people? They, they fit our culture, they fit our values, they're, they're, they're the type of people we wanna have around. Do we have those right people? also sitting in the right seats in our, our company. So do they have the right skill sets? Do they have the right aptitude? Do they even have the capacity to do the job that we're putting in front of them here? So first key area, looking at people, obviously right people, right seats. This goes back to a, an old Jim Collins kind of approach there. The second component we look at is the purpose side. So great that you've got all these right people here, but we need to have those people bought into a common goal, into a common purpose for our organization. We need to have everybody, if you think of a tug of war game kind of thing, you want everybody pulling one rope, one direction. Whereas if you've got it all splintered organization, then you've almost got this spider web or this, this pinwheel here where everybody's trying to pull in their own direction. And of course that's not gonna go anywhere fast. So I almost look at this to say, okay, from a purpose standpoint, do the people you have in your organization, would they be chasing that same purpose, that chasing that same goal if they were in another organization or if they, if they simply didn't work for you. So is this a purpose that they would go seek out? They just happen to be doing it for your organization right now. And if you can get everybody bought into that kind of a purpose, that kind of a goal, that kind of a mission right there, then you've got everybody really pulling, again, pulling that same tug of war rope one direction everything they can put behind it right there because this is not only the company's mission, this is their own personal mission. So right people in right seats, working with a common goal or a common purpose right there. Third component is the playbook. So again, this is just having everybody working from the same recipe, getting the same thing, the same result done every single time in the right way. So again, you look at the McDonald's model. Okay, that Big Mac has got a recipe. It's got a process that it goes through that, okay, from the time we get the order at the cashier stand all the way to turning around and delivering that order back to the customer, there is a set process, a set set of steps that goes through. And not to minimize the people side, but effectively, we can replace that line cook or that cashier with somebody else if that person takes a vacation, if that person leaves the company kind of a thing there. So while the people are very important, important to the organization, we need to have playbooks, we need to have systems, going back to the hiring decision there of bringing somebody new on, we need to bring them on into their new role and say, okay, here are the playbooks. It's not a case of turning you into a robot of having micro steps right there, everything lined out, but there still is a, a consistency, a way of doing things, a way of delivering service that we need to expect from our people. Going all the way back to that, that initial story of the Joe's Burger House, okay, we, there was a bar set, there was a level of service set, and then we didn't meet that bar or the company didn't meet that bar going forward, and therefore we left as a customer. So it's that level of expectation that whether the hostess is having a good day or not, whether the hostess 
is somebody different than last time, there's a certain expectation that as the hostess, we expect you to always greet your the guests with a, a warm, friendly attitude. We expect you to take them to the table, present them with nice, clean menus, list off today's specials, tell them that, hey, your, your waiter or your server will be named John, and he's going to be with you here in just a few minutes. So there's a process, a set of expectations there that makes up our playbook across the, the business there that we expect our teammates to follow through. So again, people, purpose, and playbook so far. Last component here of this is performance site. So it doesn't matter that we've got the best people. It doesn't matter that we've got a wonderful mission that everybody's bought into, a set playbook for exactly how we're gonna deliver our service. If we're not delivering it in an efficient, effective, cost-effective manner, then it's just a dream at that point. So measuring performance, having the right numbers, having the right tracking in place to say, okay, are we being efficient? Are we delivering the way we should be on all of these other areas is absolutely key at that point because that's many times I find business leaders just simply don't have the clarity in their business to really understand what's going on, understand where the problems are, things like that. So again, I'll, I'll dive into this some more probably in future episodes, but really those four areas is always what I look at. People, purpose, playbook, and performance. And when you get all four of those working together, that's what drives profitability. So with having those profits, that allows you to turn back around, reinvest into the business to say, okay, now we're going to start hiring on new people. Now we're going to start scaling this out and growing this, or we've got profits at the end of the year to sit there and pay out stakeholders, pay out shareholders. But the profitability at the end is, is always the key because at that point, that really allows us to grow. That allows us to scale. So enough here for today at that point like I said in the future I'll break some of these down some more there uh, if you're curious now always happy to share always happen to have a conversation with other business leaders right there and then always for that matter if you've got a story to share as well we're always looking for additional guests on the, the podcast so we'd always love to dive into your business talk some history and everything there with you but until then uh, take care and like I said check out that, that episode coming up here later this week talking about craft beverages and craft alcohol industry so another fun one to, another fun guest to talk to down the, the Austin area, if I, if I recall correctly. So take care. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Building to Scale podcast. If you would like to share your entrepreneurial business growth story, please visit buildingtoscale.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you do both us and our guest a favor and share it on your social media accounts? Don't forget to hit subscribe in your player so that you don't miss any future episodes and make sure to reach out to Jeff Chastain on any of the major social media networks or check us out at admentis.com.